So we've reached the final chapter of Book 1 and Part 1, and we encounter Prince André, ready to leave in the evening. He's packing with the help of his valet, Petrushka. His effects were in the most perfect order. He was noted to have paid special attention to his two Turkish pistols and a Turkish saber. These were gifts from his father from the siege of Ochakov, which is located in modern-day Ukraine and pronounced Ochakiv. The pistols and saber were some of the spoils of victory. Ochakiv is on the southern coast of Ukraine, approximately 40 miles to the east of Odessa. The famous siege in 1788 was led by both Grigory Potemkin and Alexander Suvorov, and also involved on the side of the Russians, Scottish-American sailor and adventurer John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones was a very well-known naval commander in the American Revolution. Later in his career, he fought for both France and the Russian government. The siege was estimated to have killed 20,000 Ottomans or Turks. For many years, this area was a fortress and even a capital of an Ottoman province. In modern times, when it is not under Russian efforts to attack it, it is something of a resort town and fishing port of about 15,000. So, back to the story, Prince André was preparing for a critical moment in his life, and he was in a correspondingly serious frame of mind. He was both reviewing the past and contemplating his future. He considered all the dangers inherent in war, and was also despondent about leaving his pregnant wife behind. He's entering his first military effort as a member of the Belkonsky family, one which is fictional, but symbolic of those families who were revered for having a role in the empire's expansion. His sister Maria interrupted him as she wanted to say farewell and also present him with a family heirloom. Maria visualized André as her childhood playmate, a slender and mischievous boy. But when she looked again, she saw that now, standing before her, was a stern and handsome man ready to face Napoleon. She knows that what she is about to say will perturb him, but she relays what a treasure André has for a wife. She finds Lise to be someone with a special sweetness and with this natural merry heart. She points out how Lise has grown up in a very social atmosphere in the metropolitan areas. Maria asks André to think about what Lise's new reality will be like, staying with father in the secluded countryside of Bald Hills. She reminds him that Lise will only have her and Mademoiselle Borion for company. This gives André a brief chance at a diversion, and he points out how he really doesn't like Mademoiselle Borion. But Maria then defends her and provides her backstory. Essentially, Mademoiselle Borion was adopted as a companion for Maria. She was a homeless orphan with a French background. Maria finds her good-natured and points out how Father likes her way of reading, as she reads to Father each evening in French. Like Michael, the architect, Mademoiselle Borion was someone raised by General Balkonsky into at least an outer ring of the family inner circle. Prince André slightly changes the topic and acknowledges how life with father must be difficult given his rigid and demanding ways. André then gets philosophical and ponders if he can even properly judge his father given the background and episodes that shaped his life. 
Maria interrupted and chastised her brother for having an intellectual pride. She wants her brother to be as proud of the general as she is. In her view, father's only weakness is a lack of religious focus and devotion. She feels very strongly that neither her father nor her brother share the necessary faith in God. She then presents her brother with a special gift, a religious icon that was worn by the general's father when he was in the service. This was likely in the mid-1700s. André first just takes the item and says that he will wear it to please his sister, but he sees that he's not meeting the moment with the proper level of sincerity, and then he says he'll be very glad to wear it. Maria replies that the Almighty will save André in spite of himself. She is confident that in the critical and chaotic times to come, the Lord will bring André to him. For in God alone is there peace and truth. As she handed over the icon, her eyes became translucent, and André was very touched by the moment. After the gift, Maria again relayed her concern for Lise. It turns out that after the meal, Lise was very emotional, crying and complaining that it was a suffocation to be stuck with General Bolkonsky. André responds indirectly by saying that although he never found any fault with his wife, he is not happy in this marriage, nor is she, and he has no idea why this is the case. Given this was an arranged aristocratic marriage, this state of affairs is not all that unusual. Maria responds that André must turn to God. He should pray to find the love that he should feel. André avoids the religious tone of the conversation, and he realizes that it's time to say goodbye to his wife. But now his mood has turned very sour towards Lise. As he's walking around the vast hallways of his father's estate, he runs into Mademoiselle Borion, who has arranged the chance encounter. Life is quite lonely for her as well, so she jumps at an opportune meeting with someone of the stature and intrigue of André but he sees through the ruse and is pretty much disgusted by her presence. He looked at her with such contempt that Mademoiselle Borion meekly retreated. André is quickly drawn away to what he regards as a more important goodbye, the one with his father, to which he is summoned by one of the servants. The general was in his study, in his intimate or informal attire, which consisted of a white dressing gown. His father admonishes, Service before everything, my son. As he's speaking, he is writing away at his desk. He tells André, if you have anything to say, speak up. I can talk to you and write at the same time. André relays that his wife is frightened and has had bad premonitions regarding her pregnancy. So he tells his father to get her all the medical help and comfort that she'll need relating to her pregnancy. The general can sense that his son's marriage is not harmonious. He tells André that he understands this, but that nothing can be done. That wives are all alike, and one cannot get unmarried. And he also says to put your mind at ease, as he will watch over everything. It turns out that the letter that Nikolai was writing was to go with André, and it was for the well-respected General Kutuzov, André's superior. 
Nikolai was directing that Kutuzov make proper use of his son. And then he provides Andrei fatherly advice not to stay an adjunct for too long. And then he tells his son that he fully expects to die before him. So he gives his son something of an administrative job to make sure that upon his death that all Nikolai's military memoirs are given to the emperor. Additionally, he gives his son a banknote, which is something of a financial prize, and tells him it's to be an award for the person who writes a competent history of Alexander Suvorov's military campaigns. Andriy dutifully responds that he will carry out all these wishes. The general then kind of abruptly says goodbye and holds out his hand to be kissed. And with the most gravity, he tells his son that if you're killed, it will be a grief to me in my old age. But if I were to hear that you have not behaved like my son, I shall then be ashamed. The bold message is death before dishonor. Andre knows his father and responds that he understands completely. He returns that if he's killed, to keep his child, if it's a boy, in bald hills and raise him there under Nikolai's tutelage. The message is that Andre would rather have his father raise his boy than his wife. They stood in silence for a spell, and his father broke it by saying, We have said goodbye. Now go. His wife and Maria were waiting outside the door. So then comes the goodbye between husband and wife, and Andre is very dismissive of her. He says, Go through your little performance. But the little princess wasn't acting when she became dismayed and fainted upon her realization that the moment of goodbye was at hand. As she was crying and trembling, losing her strength, Andrei at least embraced her and guided her to a nearby armchair. Adieu, Maria, he told his sister, and then kissed her. And then Prince Andrei left for his new life on the front in a carriage pulled by six horses that was prepared by the household serfs, many of whom knew him from childhood and also gathered to say farewell.